0: Things uh, we realize. I've visited churches and I've felt it, and I'm sure you may be feeling a little bit this morning. Hopefully not. But uh, you come into a new atmosphere and you, you don't know how things go, and some things seem weird, and you're like, "Why do they do that?" And uh, we always have this box of things that we don't understand. We just call it weird. And I've heard that over the years, man, that's weird. Why do you guys do that? And you guys are weird. And it's often something we hear. And um, but we're not the only ones that are weird. I mean, I, I know we're weird, but I, I've been to other churches too, and they're weird just as much, all right? I remember the first time I ever went to a Catholic church, and I was in college, I was in Chicago, went by myself, Nobody, I, I didn't know what they were like, I you know, I was, just thought I'd go to one, and, and so I was there by myself and and sit down, and so I got this hymn book thing, and then I've got this other thing, the liturgy stuff, all the re- recitations, I don't know, whatever, liturgy, that's all I know. Got them both, and I got the program right next to me, and so we're off and running, and and nobody's, I mean, you're probably experienced this a little bit, but everybody stands up and start singing. I'm like, okay, well, here we go. And I got that one ready. So I'm singing along and, and then we're done. And then they start talking. And I'm like, okay, I got that one ready. And then I'm at the program and everybody sits down and I'm standing. I'm like, nobody told me to sit down. So I'm sitting down like this. And, and then all of a sudden we're off singing another song that I didn't know where that was. I'm flipping over there like this. And they're singing. I finally find it. And then they're off on a recitation thing. And I'm like, ah, where's that? And I'm finding this. And they stand up and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to stand up. And then they sit down and then I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, what the, what's going on around here? And then they stand up again, and by then I'm like, my books are a mess, the program's on the floor, I know people are laughing at me, watching me like, what is this guy doing? And then they, they kneel, and, and I'd never seen kneelers before, so I'm on the hard concrete floor, and I'm kind of looking around, and everybody's higher than me, and I'm like, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh, these things move, I'm like, that's cool, that's not weird, I like the kneeler thing, and uh, oh my goodness. And I know people were laughing at me. I saw them behind, they had tears coming out of their eyes. It was just for sure. But uh, no, what we don't know, we, we we put in boxes, right? And we're forever creating boxes. We we create a box over here and we'll we'll put a box over here, and and it's funny when you look at the Easter story, it's about a box, a tomb. People put Jesus's body in this tomb and And it's interesting because immediately the religious leaders who tried to, who were killing Jesus and one of them crucified, the next day, it says in Matthew chapter 27, verse 62, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter, being Jesus, said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, he's risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers, go make it secure as you can. And so they went and made the tomb secure by two things sealing the stone, it was a Roman seal, and then setting a guard. And the Roman seal was basically, you mess with this seal, you're messing with Rome, you will die, kind of thing. And then the guard, obviously, is the enforcement of that seal. And they just wanted it sealed for three days. And what's interesting is they thought they could keep Jesus in the box. Seal it, guard it. And you can understand now, they're thinking that they really thought they could control Jesus jesus that he really wasn't god and a simple seal and a couple guards with pointy knives swords could keep jesus in there you know it's funny as you look at the pattern of humanity it's it's older than dirt this this idea or just as almost as old as dirt if you think about created order but uh there's this this thing inside of us that thinks we can put God in a box. We do it all the time. We create all kinds of different boxes. And so I've got different boxes up here that I think may may hit us all. And and, uh, one box here uh, that we, we create and we put God in is the crisis box. And what's the crisis box? Well, we really don't need God throughout our life, normal day, every day, week in and week out, month out. But when a crisis comes, oh, we, we got to get out. And, and the only thing I could find for Jesus was all my nativity things. And so this is my mom's little handmade, baby-proof, gnaw-proof thing. And, and so we bring out Jesus. and we say, oh, Jesus, I need you. I'm in a crisis. Please come save me, right? And that's actually a good thing. That's not a bad thing to go to God in a crisis But the problem that happens is it's just the God of crisis. And as soon as that blows over, guess what? Hey, thanks. I'll pull you out again when I need you. Right? If you look at 9-11 in our country, when that happened, church attendance exploded across the nation. Why? Because we were in a crisis. And we needed God. And slowly but surely, things settled down. The crisis is over that was a national one that often happens though personally and individually in our lives we hit a crisis and so we're back and we need God right and there's something about it where God says I'm here let's do this thing I'll help you and he does what only God can do and and he helps us and holds us and and he comforts us in the middle of those intense times and then when that's done we say okay God I'm good and we put him back in the box the, there 's another box that we have it 's the uh, it 's uh, the religion box right How many of you got this box? This is the box where uh, it, it's it 's more of just a thing you do right You, you grew up doing it your parents took you. The church, like you even hear Mike's story, like I just did it, it meant a lot to my parents, but to me he's trying to figure it out, right? How many can I can identify with that? God's this, this thing, well, you just kind of bring them out maybe once or twice a year, right? And you do it because, well, you don't want to you don't want to ruin the day for mom or dad, so let's just go to church, or it's just what we do. And and so we pull out Jesus and you know, we kind of show them around. We don't really know what to do with them because, you know, it's just, well, it doesn't mean much to us. What's interesting is in Northeast Ohio, especially as we, we look at this, the, this area, it's highly, they call it highly churched area, right? A lot of people grew up going to church. And uh, what's interesting is uh, there's experts out there that said there's a new, they coined a new word called dechurched. churched And it's it's for those people who grew up seeing Jesus as just a religion, but never actually encountering this personal God who would radically turn your life upside down and give you purpose and give you direction and give you meaning and and invade your life in such a way that you think, yeah, that's God. And, And so the last thing that would happen or that you would expect to happen, especially at church on a Sunday morning, is you would actually encounter Jesus. Like, if that happened, everybody's like, ah, put him back in. We don't know what to do with him, right? That's a scary, ah. And it's just religion. What's so tragic is the church has failed so many people because the church just kind of lived to serve itself rather than lived to make sure people met Christ and encountered God. God. There's another box out there. Uh, it's called the genie box. I don't know if you've got the genie box. You use the genie box and, and keep God in there, but the genie box is, is a little bit different than the crisis box. The crisis box is all about, ah! The genie box is, oh, I've got something. I need that, right? And, and so we pull out Jesus, and, and, and we, we get Jesus out, and we rub Jesus. Oh, Jesus, just give me it. Give me it. I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need, I need. I need. And You know what's cool is God... He's so good that he often does that. He actually gives us what we ask for. He just does that out of kindness and because he loves us. And so sometimes, yeah, this works. But when it doesn't work and we're rubbing it in like, and it doesn't work, we're like, well, what good is that, right? Thanks a lot, Jesus. And we, what, we throw him back in the box and we don't talk to him for three months, Right? You're in the box, God. Bad God. We don't talk to him for months, years, because sometimes we're coming to him with very personal things, and he doesn't give it to us, and it hurts. It feels like he doesn't care. You have a genie box God's in? How about this box, the the, the scary God box, right? Here's one. Oh, I'm not that tall. Um, Here we go. The scary God box, this is one where you never really open this box. This is a dangerous, dangerous one to open, right? I mean, you heard Mike's story, God is just waiting to pound your face in. How many people have the scary God box? You grew up with that. Some of you have talked to come out of like the Baptist background. You hear the hellfire brimstone messages and it's like, that's a scary God, right? Like, why would I want to like have a relationship with this God that is going to destroy me? I've heard other of you, you know. I've talked to some of you who've come out of uh, even the Catholic side of it, and you've talked about nuns who scared the hell out of you as well, right? And you, some of you, I mean, they use sticks, and I mean, I hear so many stories, and you go, wow, how did that happen back then? But that's, you know, it happened on both sides Protestant, Catholic. I, it's all out there. And people grow up, and, and they put God in this box, and He's just dangerous, and you never pull God out of this box. You just let God be, and I'm be, and we're all good. You got the scary God box? Have no idea that he could actually be very kind and gentle. That he actually just loves being with you. As messed up as I am, as messed up as you are. How about the busy box? Anybody got the busy box? This is, a, this is a one where we're going a thousand miles an hour, right? And, and we just don't have time. We don't have time for God. And, and it's not that we don't want to have time, it's like, oh, I, I'm just, I'm working two jobs to make ends meet, right? Or you've got a married couple, double income. They're both working. They both have kids. They're trying to put it all together. You got students going to college. You're starting to work, you're, right? It's all of those things. Life adds up. And it's not that we don't want to get God out of the box. It's just we don't have time. And so we're like, Lord, maybe next year or maybe this summer. Or oh, now nah, we'll start in the fall when things settle down. You know, you got the busy box. If you're always saying, well, when life calms down, when life settles down, if you've said that, I imagine you got God in your busy box. You just don't have time. It's not that you're against Him, you believe in God. You just don't have time. I talked to a couple after the service, and they were just saying, yeah, that's us busy way too busy you know the story with Jesus we read it there at the beginning of the service this resurrection chapter 28 of Matthew we didn't read this we read Luke earlier let me read Matthew it says now after the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the same stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid, or the women, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here He's risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee, and you will see them there. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. You know, this is the only box Jesus was ever in. And it's interesting uh, when he was on trial, you know, or as he was l- heading up to the trial and his uh, crucifixion. At one point, you know, people were threatening his his life and you know threatening to kill him. And he said, "Nobody's going to kill me. Nobody's going to kill me. I'll lay down my life, but nobody's going to take my life. I will lay it down." You know, that was fascinating. Jesus, was like, you're not going to put me in a box. I will willingly go in this box. But you're not going to put me there. You know, when you think about it, God, by definition, is all powerful, all eternal, all present, all knowing. If you follow the logic of it, there is no box that can fit God. In fact, God can't create a box that God could fit himself into, it's logically impossible. Think about that one. There's no box that can contain him. So he goes into this tomb. It's kind of cute what they do. They put a little seal on it, put a little few shiny guards in front of it, and, and all heaven is looking going, really? That, that's what you guys are going to do? And it, it's a joke. There's no way you can keep God in a box. In fact, God is not boxed in at all we get all these boxes in our lives and and we put them all out there and we think we've got God in a box. The reality is God is not in our box. He's never been in the box and he'll never be in a box. And the question is, well, then who's in the box? Because I got a bunch of boxes here. We're in the box. Isn't that crazy? You're in the box. I'm in the box. And we don't even realize it. We're the ones boxing ourselves in. Why? Well, we think God's actually in there and we're controlling, but the reality is we're in there and we've closed off everything. So, why? We don't encounter God. But it's really us that's in the box. And there's another box, the precursor to all of the boxes, is this box right here, right? Sin. Hopefully that'll stand. You know, it was interesting just even hearing the story of Mike and Allie. The aha moment came for them when they realized, cotton picking, it's not my wife, it's not my husband, it's me. I'm the one that has sin. I'm the one that actually needs to be forgiven. I'm the one, you know, what changed their life was not their spouse changing. What changed their life was going, I'm in this box. This is what's messing up my life. It's not anybody else's stuff, it's mine. Sin. The Bible says we all are born in this box. This box that traps us, keeps us boxed in from God. And when you're in this box and you live in sin, I know what this is like. You know what this is like. This is awful. When you're in this box of sin, it's, it's guilt. You feel it. You feel isolation because there's no way, if you start to share really who you are, either scary God's going to come out or people are going to condemn you and point their fingers and say, get out, right? When you're in sin, you're always suspicious that you're caught. And so you're always paranoid. Who knows? And what lie did I tell? And how did I cover this up, right? You're always living in paranoia, making sure that you can cover your tracks so that nobody sees and nobody knows just how messed up you are so that you don't really have to face the truth. And so there's all this deception that's in that box and you're swirling in it. And then you've got these other voices in your head saying, "That's right, you're no good. You're not worth anything. You know, it's all those condemning voices. And what Christ When he went into that box of death he went in there for a reason he he actually said lord would you lay all their sin on me i will willingly do this lay their sin on me i will die the death the penalty for it i'll take the curse my body will be broken i'll die for their sin so that they could be free from the box The only way out of this box is asking Christ to get you out of it. It's the only way. And we talk about, you know, confess your sins, or there's all kinds of Christian words and stuff like this, but it's really just coming before Jesus and saying, look, I need help. Help me. Help me get free of this stuff. I, I admit it, I need help. And And you're coming to him and saying, you're God, you've never been in the box, you'll never be in the box, you busted up the box, the only box, you know, death, you've destroyed it, sin, you've conquered it, and you just come to him and say, I I need you, can you come conquer this, can you come destroy this stuff that's in my life and set me free and get me out of the box? It's the only way. And it's not only just that box. Some of you are saying, yeah, some of you are like, yeah, I get this, and I've been walking, and I understand this, and, and you may be still struggling with this, but y- y- you're in this box. You've got no relationship, no connection, because you're scared to meet with God, even though you believe in him. Or maybe you're in this religion box, and, and it's just, it's never brought life. Or I don't know what box you're in, the crisis box. I don't know. But what Christ says is, look, when I came into that tomb, that stone box, and came out, I, I came out with power over all of this. And, and it's like, he's standing right next to the box saying, let me in. Or, no, better, don't let me in. Let me kick the snot out of this, right? And just destroy it, right? I mean, wouldn't you just love to see Christ just come in and just go, no more, right? Oh, I was actually somebody who wanted to use this for an illustration, I'm sorry. I just forgot about that. (laughs) Got all excited, doggone it. Sorry Beth, I I don't know if you're here in the service. I got nothing, that was not on my notes. What if you just came to God today and you said, let me out of the box, Lord? Just, would you get me out of the box? I know what box I'm in. I know you're telling me right now what box I'm in. I want out of the box. Give me out of the box. What if you said that to him today? Maybe for the first time, I want out of the box. You and I, God, we know what this means, this whole sin thing. I want out. I want forgiveness. I want grace. I want that promise that we're all singing about and everybody's happy about. If you're in that box it's so busy, what if you say, God, just get me out of the box, and I want to know rest. I want to know Peace. If you're talking about this God that's so scary, God, would you pull me out of the box? I don't even know how to get out of this box because I'm scared of you. And God, would you just show me your love? Just be gentle. Could you just be kind to me? Pull me out of the box. Maybe the genie box. God, you just say, Lord, I got you in this genie box and you're just like this good luck charm. Get me out of that box. Give me something real to ask for. Instead of something selfish, and God will come along, and He'll show you something to pray for and to get engaged with that'll give you meaning in life that's beyond our selfish little. "I need this, and oh, I need this," and it gets bigger, and you start thinking of people and you start thinking of marriage, your marriage, your kids, or you start thinking of friends, and you say, "Hey, wait a minute, there's more out here." Way more. The religion box. We got a couple songs left. I invite the team to come up. The only path out of the box that you and I are in is Christ. And this next song, it's all about Christ and his power over us. And I I, I don't want you to leave this morning. Let's just pray here as the team's getting ready. Let me just pray. Lord, your word says you know our hearts. You know what we're thinking before we say it. Your word also says that you will talk to us. I pray right now for each one of us, God, that this would be a morning where you put it before us and ask us the question, do you want out of the box? Lord, would you show us which box, the questions before us, what are you going to tell Jesus? Get me out of the box? Or not? You're going to stay in the box, you're going to get out. I pray right now for the wrestling that's going on in people's hearts, Lord. I pray for peace to come in this room. Just release your peace. I pray for your love to come over this room. Lord, for all of us, and, or maybe those specifically who are face-to-face, carrying in stuff that we know we've done and we can't get free of, Lord, would you bring your love Would you show each person no condemnation? Not condemnation. Would you show grace? These next few songs.